So, this is the self-development with tactics. Book. So, this one's gonna be all about AI and the possibilities and what it might mean for us and all these things. So it's an incredibly, incredibly interesting also, just quite something different, you know, at this point in time. Book summary, or actually book notes. But yeah, there's gonna be more after the intro, as always. It's every day, you know, because it is what we're doing every day. What I'm doing every day. And with that being said, hello, welcome back to this episode of the self development with Tactics podcast. And I'm pumped for this episode. I am really looking forward to this episode just because I think that this is just something different and I just do not want to talk about the exact same things over and over and over again. Therefore, let's choose something different. But, you know, before we even go through the whole episode, there's three things that I'm willing to talk about. The first thing is, if you're willing to listen to this, as it would be a podcast, because it actually is a podcast, then please check out the first link in the description, and which is going to lead you to a page where you can also choose to the platform where you would like to be listening to the podcast, which might be Spotify or Apple Podcast or uh, Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, CastBox, whatever it might be, the podcast is there. The second one is the notes. As you're then going to see in the in the article that I'm having in front of me right now, um, there are some highlights and these highlights are compromised into a pdf and you can download the pdf which means that it is basically a summary of the whole episode which means that it is a summary of the summary quite which means that you can just go through this pdf for 5 to 10 to maybe even 20 minutes and then that's quite it you know you do not even have to do more but you're gonna see the third link is probably also a pretty important one if you're willing to have some background music which is definitely really good for the whole experience of this video uh, there's a playlist and it is linked down so you can actually personalize the whole experience of the podcast and also the youtube video but yeah let's go ahead let's go ahead with the book notes and as you can see on the left side it is a book notes page by Derek Sivers and or it is actually also book notes thing whatever by Derek Sivers and the book is called Life 3.0 by Mark Techmark. Max Techmark, I'm sorry, Max Techmark. And what I'm seeing right now is maybe I'm actually able to just make it a tiny bit bigger. Yeah. It's fine right now. It's not the optimal thing, but it is fine. The book is recommended 9 out of 10, which is quite high. And I've today I've actually also had a look at the really, really, really low level books in terms of, okay, the rating was really, really low. And I gotta also have to say that there are quite some books that are relatively known. And I I thought like, well, I think he's actually doing this in a pretty great way. I mean, like he's he went through over 200 books since it is more than 200 books on this list. And it just has to say something. It just has to say something when somebody, of course, it is something subjective. You know, of course, it's probably not going to be that objective, but it's going to be something that's relatively subjective. Still, it just, just, it just does have to say something if somebody read just more than 200 books and now it's just giving you a rating on it. Like, of course, it is just saying more than uh, compared to, I don't know, a person that read the book once, you know. Of course, you do just have to just uh, have a look at these things, you know, and you probably, probably actually have to go through the book your own or on your own to actually see if it is a book that you like or not, you know, because we all have different opinions and we all just think about things in a different way. Like, there's so many different variables that lead to you liking a book or you not liking a book. But let's see. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, not in the laws of physics. So before our universe awoke, there was no beauty. And I gotta have to say, like, uh, one of the things that I'm trying to do with the podcast is just giving you some information, giving you some thoughts that 
that you haven't had before, you know? So I'm willing to give you a new perspective and hopefully a better perspective than you had before on different things like, uh, might it be parenting? Might it be just thinking about your environment and also just your perspective in general? Like just seeing the good in life and all those things. Like I'm, I'm really trying to do that. I'm really trying to just give you some thoughts and give you some things that you can talk about and think about and do whatever with. But I think it is actually the truth. Beauty is something that we are thinking about. Which is also probably one of the reasons why it is kind of strange to say like, okay, only because you're fat, you're not beautiful, you know? Because the whole beauty thing, you know, the whole assumption around beauty that we're having is something that we made, you know? We are saying, so culture or society or whatever you want to blame or whomever you want to blame, um, they quote-unquote said that beauty is when you just are athletic, at least at this point in time, you know, and that you are just young and good-looking. In terms of good-looking, I mean, like, okay, you're just athletic, as I said, you're more or less, more on the skinny side, you're not gonna be fat, and all those things. Like, it is just how we are viewing beauty at this point in time, or aesthetics, if you're just willing to, to call it like this as well. Um, it is something to think about. Let's define life very broadly, simply as a process that can retain its complexity and replicate. What's replicated, what's replicated isn't matter, made of atoms, but the information made of, made of bits, specifying how the atoms are arranged. Think of life as a self-replicating information processing system whose information, which is the software, determines both its behavior and the blueprints for its hardware, which is definitely the case. Like the uh, the way we're processing information, which is definitely going to be the brain, is also just determining how we are behaving. And it's also just the, the blueprint of how our hardware, in terms of our legs and, and arms and hands, at least this is what I'm seeing there, uh, how it should be behave or how it is behaving. You know, our body wouldn't work without our brain. You know, if bacteria are life 1.0 and humans are life 2.0, then you might classify mice as 1.1. They can learn many things, but not enough to develop language or invent the internet. Because they lack language, what they learn gets largely lost when they die. There's no passing on to the next generation. Which is actually something that I haven't been thinking about before. You know, because, I mean, it's definitely the truth. If a mice or a mouse dies, there is nothing like, okay, I'm gonna give some information to just my, my kid. There probably might be something similar, you know, since there is no language, I think that there is still gonna be something like that, but it's not gonna be the full potential. It's not gonna be the full thing, you know, even though I kind of doubt that it is only just language that is doing that. Of course, it is a really big part of it, but we also learn by watching other people, which is called osmosis. So it's like uh, a tricky thing, you know, I kind of have to say it is a tricky thing, but still I think it makes sense, you know, and therefore like think about that, you know, think about that. We are highly able to just pass on a lot of fucking information, a lot of useful and important information to new generations by just talking to them and maybe even just listening to them if you're just on the other side of the whole thing. So, as he also says, Life 1.0 is the biological stage, which evolves its hardware and software. Life 2.0, which is us, cultural stage, evolves its hardware, designs much of its software. And Life 3.0, which is technological stage, designs its hardware and software. Um, evolving its hardware, I think it is just something that's quite clear. Like, we are born and we're just evolving and that's quite it. But in the Life 3.0, we are designing our hardware, which might be some or jump, which might be some kind of a like uh, cyborgish thing, you know, that we are having some uh, mechanical or mechanical uh, 
parts in the human body, which even though like I kind of have to say it is at this point in time, it is actually the case since we are just having knees and we're having hips, like hip replacements and knee replacements, all these things, which is something that's not uh, something that evolved in us. You know, it is not something that is just there. You know, it is just something that we are replacing by hand and we are just making by hand or making with, I don't know how it is actually made or made, I don't fucking know. But it is something that we do, you know, it's not something that's done by nature. Intelligence, and there's like a, some sort of a, what is he calling it? Terminology, yeah. There's a lot of uh, terminis, I guess it is then called, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> so the first one is intelligence, and it is the ability to accomplish complex goals. Then there is artificial intelligence, which is non-biological intelligence. Narrow intelligence, ability to accomplish a narrow set of goals, for example, play chess or drive a car. General intelligence, which is the ability to accomplish virtually any goal, including learning. Universal intelligence, ability to acquire general intelligence given access to data and resources. And I think you gotta have to think about these things more or less in an AI way. Like, AI is okay when it is not... Uh, biological or when intelligence is not biological, but still some AI is able to play chess or able to, to just have some goals and all these things, which makes it a narrow intelligence. Human level artificial general intelligence, which is AGI, the ability to accomplish any cognitive task, at least as well as humans, which I don't really think we are at at this point in time. Like, now we are not, I guess. I don't know, actually. Human-level AI, which is A-G-I. Strong AI, which is also A-G-I. Superintelligence is general intelligence far beyond human level. Civilization, interacti interacting group of intelligent life forms. Consciousness, subjective experience. Qualia, individual instances of subjective experience. Ethics, principles that govern how we should behave. And I think it is actually, especially if we just talk about ethics, I am not quite sure if it is like the, the official kind of um, terminis there or if it is just something that the uh, the author quote-unquote made up, you know, even though I do not want to say that because there's probably a lot of thoughts behind these things. But I actually have to say like, um, I think it is something to something quite valuable to, to talk about for once, especially if it is about ethics, which uh, can be a huge part in your life. Maybe not, uh, hopefully, it, it's gonna play some part, you know, it's gonna be maybe a little part, maybe it's gonna be a really huge part, but yeah. Teleology, teleology, explanation of things in terms of their goals or purposes rather than their causes. Goal-oriented behavior, behavior more easily explained via its effect than via its cause, which is, I think, often the case, like, in terms of when we are ill, like, we just, nah, yeah, okay, like, yeah, we are just totally explaining, like, the effect and what it is feeling us, but we don't really know what is causing it. Having a goal, which is uh, exhibiting goal-oriented behavior, having purpose, serving goals of one's own or another's ent entity, friendly AI, superintelligence whose goals are aligned with ours, cyborg, which is probably gonna be clear, intelligence explosion, recursive self-improvement rapidly leading to superintelligence, which kind of sounds a little bit, like, dangerous, you know, because it does not seem to to evolve us being ready for it. Singularity, intelligence explosion, universe, the region of space from which light has had time to reach us during the 13.8 billion years since our Big Bang. Yes. And many misunderstandings about AI are caused by people using their words above to mean different things. And it is also one of the reasons why it is probably a really important thing to, to first of all talk about, to explain, and to just point out. 
Uh, even though it is apparently not the case that you're able to point out facts, and these are facts. So I'm not gonna point them out, it is just, you know, it's <laughs> let's just talk about it. Intelligence is ultimately all about information and computation, and not about flesh, blood, or carbon atoms. So uh, we can build intelligence, because it is just about information and computation, and probably processing information and solving computations, I guess. Substrate independence, there are many beautiful examples of its physics. Waves, for instance, they have properties such as speed, wavelength, and frequency. And physicists can study the equations that obey without even needing to know what particular substance they are, uh, they are waves in. When you hear something, you're dedicating sound waves caused by molecules bouncing around in the air, and we can calculate all sorts of interesting things about these waves. Because the only property of the wave's substrate that matters substrate that matters and enters into the famous wave equation is a single number that we can measure, the wave speed. This wave equation was first discovered and put together as long before physicists had even established that atoms or atoms, I'm sorry, and molecules existed. A wave can travel across a lake even though none of its water molecules do, they mostly pop up and down, like fans doing the wave in a sports stadium. You can't have computation without matter, but any matter will do as long as it can be arranged into NAND or NAND gates. Connected neurons or some other building block enabling universal computation. Yes, the thing is, if you're talking and it is gonna be something that we're gonna talk about later on, I guess, if you're thinking about the computer power and that is going to be evolved in um, building, especially super intelligence, I would say, but I also would say artificial intelligence, like it is something that's uh, quite heavily um, depending on CPU power, or it is just really just in need of the CPU power. Fortunately, I don't know, like, I think it, it just kind of has to be, I don't know if you know about Moore's law. Um, Moore's law says that every year the computer power or the, well, is it, Hmm. There are two different laws. Uh, I might be mixing them up, so I'm very sorry about that. So there's one law that says that every year the computer power is gonna double, which means that, okay, I know the last year we had, I don't know, I don't even know how you're just counting that if it is just in gigabytes. Let's just talk about gigabytes. Let's say, okay, in the first year there was 20 gigabytes, so in the following year there's gonna be 40 gigabytes of computing power or whatever it might be. On the other hand, there's also something different that is counting the um, I think, is it the diodes? But I, I'm actually not quite sure. Or the threats. I think it's about the threats. Or, or as just Wikipedia or Investopedia says, Moore's law refers to Moore's perception that the number of transistors on a microchip doubles every two years. Oh, so every two years. Uh, though the cost of computers is halved. Moore's law states that we can expect the speed and cap capability of our computers to increase every couple of years and we will pay less for them. Yeah, which is definitely the case. Like, if you're buying yourself a computer that is like five years old, it's gonna be quite cheap. If you're buying yourself a new one, it is gonna be quite expensive. The thing is, um, even if it is five years old, but like in in kind of by comparing them to each and another, you're gonna see that they are gonna be cheaper every single year, quite, or two years, or whatever years, decades it might be, because the first computer was like more than just a million or something, I guess, or maybe even more than a billion. It's been like just really expensive, this is my point. And now we're having like just 700 times the computer power or computing power, but it is not nearly as expensive. You know, you might be just paying 10K, which is still like a hundredth maybe even a thousandth of the quote-unquote original price. 
which is quite something, you know, which is really quite something, and which is also something that's pretty interesting. So what can we expect? That limit is whopping 33 orders of magnitude, which is 10,033 times beyond today's state of the art, uh, which is like the computational, uh, I think, power. I'm not quite sure. It is actually quite quite difficult, uh, quote-unquote, summary to go through because I'm not really just educated in that space and it's probably also going to take us more than this one, unfortunately. Um, I might still be just putting down the, the PDF into the description, but I'm not quite sure, though, because I might be adding some things. I, I won't, unfortunately. It's a little bit of a fucked up situation, though. So even if we keep doubling the power of our computers every couple of years, it will take over two centuries until we reach that final frontier, which is the um, the limit, which is the whopping 33 orders of magnitude, which is 10,033 times more, or, yeah, more than we're having at this point in time, which is quite something, if you think about it. The easiest way to use a neural network as a function is to make it feed forward, which, uh, with information flowing only in one direction, which means that you're only gonna just uh, feed it with information, but you're not requiring requiring it to also put out uh, information, you know, which is, I think, a, a pretty good thing. Like, in, in just... In theory, this is just a really good idea. I don't know how it, how it, this is done practically. I really don't know. But it's just some thoughts, and maybe you can just use these thoughts that I'm uh, that I'm giving you here, basically, for some other things that you might be doing in your life. You know, whether it is about uh, maybe you're an architect, or maybe you're a marketer. Maybe you are able to just use these informations, use these quote-unquote laws or quote-unquote rules to just use them for something different and uh, do something different with them. Basic reinforcement learning is a classic machine learning technique inspired by behaviorist, behaviorist psychology, where getting a positive reward increases your tendency to do something again and vice versa. And I think it is one of the easiest way to parent kids in a quite good way, I would say. Like, if you're reinforcing the good behaviors, they are going to do more of it. And if you're reinforcing the bad behaviors, of course, they are going to do more of it. And also vice versa and whatnot. DeepMind combined this idea with deep learning. They train a deep neural net to predict how many points would on average be gained pressing each of the allowed keys on the keyboard. And then the AI selected whatever key the neural net rated as most promising. And that's deep reinforcement learning, as we see. If you are a robot, life itself can be viewed as a game. All that that's needed is a system that gives its points whenever it makes progress. Yes, and the funny thing is we're doing this with our just human being life and system as well. Let's talk about grades and marks. It is also about fucking just progress and giving you some sort of uh, goodie if you're just <laughs> progressing. It is also going to be about the money, you know, quite. You know, if you just think about it, we are living in a system that we created. It's not something that was done by nature. It is something that we did. And it is working because we're doing it. If we would decide that it's just going to be about, um, I don't know, there's not going to be any laws, we're going to kill each other, and we're going to just live like we are in, in, in the Stone Age, then it is what it is. You know? Then there's not going to be any fucking law or something. It is just something that we all have been uh, thinking about. And it is something that's really strange if you... Like, whatever it might be, if you're a doctor, it is just something that we have also been coming up with. You know, the the whole things that you have to learn for just being able to be a doctor, it is just something that we have just decided that you need to learn. And also if you're a designer and, and all those things, like, it is something, it is our system, quite, which can be something good, of course, or something bad, it just depends on how you think about it. Um, 
but I would still say like it is quite a good system in many ways. Of course, not in all the ways. But yeah, I think it is actually going to be it with this episode today. Um, quite a shorter one, but I think I'm just, yeah, <laughs> I'm having to do more of them because I do want to finish it up, even though it is quite a difficult one for me, but still. Um, I wish you the best health, health, happiness, and all success, and also hope that you're going to remind yourself and you're going to be remembered, which basically means your legacy, which basically means just being a nice person, and then also being remembered as a nice person. Three other questions that I'm having for you are, why are you here? What are you trying to change? And what is bothering you the most? These three are hopefully going to show you your purpose and maybe even a business idea. So yeah, I'm going to see you the next time. Bye.